You know that feeling when you see someone so talented, smart, driven, just crushing it all around, me, Christine, that it makes you wonder what you're doing with your life? Yeah, it's like you're living in a permanent shadow. Sounds familiar. It does. I feel for you often. (laughs) No, really. Is there anybody in your world that you admire particularly? Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) I don't know. On the spot, I'm thinking like, wow, a lot of my friends and family, I'm just, I'm very proud of and impressed by. Do you have like an idol at all? I'm trying to think like who. Who's yours? Well, I knew to ask you. I didn't think about mine. I think my TikTok algorithm would probably tell you it's like Zendaya or Jennifer Garner or something. (laughs) Jennifer Garner. Wow. She's an American dream. I agreed. Okay, perfect. Well, today we're going to talk about, let's call her the Jennifer Garner of the spiritualist world. (laughs) (laughs) That sentence has never been uttered by anyone in the history of the world. And I'm really proud of you for making it happen. Jennifer Garner, if you're listening, or Zendaya, probably Zendaya is actually probably more fitting here. But it's because this person can sing writes music, plays the piano. She's an actor, journalist, author, philanthropist, activist. Oh, also, this badass woman talks to the dead. Who? Okay, I have no idea who this is. It's Jennifer Garner. No, okay, so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) My TikTok algorithm is letting me down, if that's the case. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm M. Schultz. And I'm Christine Schieffer. And every week, we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. We are talking about not Jennifer Gardner today, folks, but Emma Harding Britton, who is a W-O-M-A-N. And she wore a lot of hats. Mm. A few of them involved spooky-ooky spiritualism. She really is... As I was reading it, I was getting more and more impressed. So I'm very excited to teach you all about her today, Christine. I can't wait. I, I, I'm already enthralled with this person I've never even heard of. If she were alive today, she would also be on my TikTok algorithm, probably. <laughs> let's just put it that way. <laughs> so let's crack into it. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery? Smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to the Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh. How so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your IKEA items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you. 
what do you remember? This was a while back, but we've also covered it on And That's Why We Drink. What do you remember about the Fox sisters? <gasps> okay, well, this is actually a topic that, for whatever reason, really sticks in my mind. And I think it's because they use their little creepy toes uh-huh. to make knocking sounds on the ground. And then I said to you, I can do that. And you went, I don't believe you, but I want to know and I don't want to know. And so I demonstrated it for you and you've really never gotten over it. And I think maybe that's why I remember the Fox sisters so well. <laughs> they were from Rochester, New York. Uh, okay, great. You've given two facts so far. So here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to officially delete everything I had planned to say because you just said it all. We really do. (laughs) We talk to each other way too often and you're in my brain. We spend way too much time. It's bad. But all I had written about the Fox sisters was your creepy effing feet. And (laughs) (laughs) so for people who need a quick catch up, they are two sisters from upstate New York who were credited with basically the creation of modern spiritualism mm. because they were the the first of their kind to go out on tour and and show their skills of how they could connect with the spirits and they did mm-hmm. it through all these wrappings where and wrappings means tappings apparently and just old <laughs> not, jargon not like a uh, Snoop Dogg <laughs> they didn't get like crazy on the rap scene drop the mic it was more like their it was knockings, right, but they right. went on tour with this and were able to ask questions and perform in front of people that these spirits could actually communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And Christine's feet somehow get involved here because we <laughs> find out later that it was very likely to be a hoax. Mm-hmm. What happened with the Fox sisters, I would argue, like, I feel 99% sure it was a hoax. Same. And it was because one of them had some like weird double jointed foot or something where they could like knock on the floor. And so nobody was paying attention to their feet. You're saying it like I haven't shown it to you. Like, I can literally do that. And so Christine showed it to me, and I didn't think it was physically, anatomically possible. And yet, I had to experience it. And none of you have to <laughs> before you whip your little toes out. But uh, I wouldn't was, do that to them. Only you. Whatever a sight for sore eyes is for your ears, that's what it was. It was a rough time for all of us. So that is the only member you and I have of the Fox sisters, unfortunately. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. And the only reason I bring them up is because the rise of Emma Harding Britain happens around the same era. So as spiritualism really started to take root in the collective consciousness, this is where she's sitting on the timeline. Okay, I'm excited to hear about her. Just throwing it out here. Can you imagine living in that time at all if you were to quantum leap Mm. into like the era, the (gasps) early eras of spiritualism? I would love to be a fly on the wall. I would love to hop back. Is there a location, a city you'd like to be in? for all the sites. I'm very Team New York. Same. I feel like a lot of, if there were going to be any shows on spiritualism, I feel like you could catch a lot of them very quickly. And Maybe London. London, London. and New York. Oh, oh yeah. definitely but London. I, I wouldn't want to take the boat back and forth, though. I'll tell you that much. Well, you know, the haunted Queen Mary used to travel between That's New York and right. England. <gasps> and I, I just get so seasick. I'm like, not today. You could have your own ghost experience to and fro. Your seances. Oh, I could be the ghost. Rapping in the corner. <laughs> you know, dropping beats. Uh, <laughs> you'd be my yeah. backup. <laughs> I also wanted to say, if I did live in that time, I could probably give the Fox sisters a run for their money. And be, yeah, with your little your little ankle cracks or whatever you do. Or I could be the Houdini and be like, I know what they're up to. Watch, I'll prove it. You could have made enemies so quickly with them. Or you could have <laughs> formed an alliance. You could have 
shown up in a dark shadowy corner and been like, I know your schemes and I want in. That sounds more like I was blackmailing them. But, you know, either way, I could get down for sure. It's like you'd be the fourth Fox sister. You'd be like the bonus Jonas of the Fox sisters. (gasps) Look at me go. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, alternate reality where that happened, I would like to see it soon in my (laughs) life. Like to take a glimpse. (laughs) All right. So back to Emma. Emma Harding Britton was cagey when it came to details about her early life. Spiritualist scholars gathered a bunch of hints from her and others to try to reconstruct the years before she became a public figure. There's a bunch of contradictory information out there, but here's some of what we could gather about her life leading up to her fame. And by what we could gather, I mean the podcast researchers that really just handle this show. So thank you so, so much for everything you do. Next level. So they were able to uncover some details that I now get to uh, eloquently spell out to you. Definitely eloquent. For sure. For sure. For sure. (laughs) As the last sentence I said was like bonus Jonas. So... (laughs) Emma was born Emma Floyd in 1823 in London. So you would have had prime seating at maybe one of her first events. Amazing. Emma described herself as an unusual child. Are you already relating to her, Christine? Maybe this was me in a past life. (laughs) Well, in her autobiography, she said that she didn't have a typical lighthearted youth because she preferred, quote, the solitude of woods and fields. And she loved walking through churchyards, cathedral cloisters, and old monastic ruins, which... Well, well, I would too if those existed around me. I was going to say, I feel like you can still connect with her so far in this story. I love that. I'm so on board. As someone who grew up in a cemetery. In a cemetery. I'd love to just walk through. I found it so peaceful. She would have totally been friends with you. She would have used you for your house, probably. Oh, she would have used me for my house. Yeah, well, I would have used her for her monastic ruins. So, you know. <laughs> it would have been a tale as old as time. Match made in heaven. So while she was being a loner in the woods, she said that she could hear strange sounds in the form of exquisite music. Oh. And she'd hear voices telling her prophecies of future events, especially incoming misfortunes. Oh, dear. I am aware of the red flag here for mental illness. Yeah. But so far, that's... That's all we know, that she could hear prophecies of future events. And I got to tell you, she was kind of right sometimes. So, yeah. So when Emma was 11, her father died and she had a really hard time with his death and ended up having to support her family by teaching music, which she hated doing, but probably felt obligated at 11 to start helping out with the family. That's so sad. And in her autobiography, Emma said that she was thinking about drowning herself in a river. (gasps) But she heard her father's voice stop her by telling her to go back to school. Oh, that's so scary and sad. Yeah. So even if hearing voices is probably not a great indicator of, you know, something else going on there, at least this one stopped tragedy Mm -hmm. from happening. Mm -hmm. She later claimed that her late father became one of her spirit guides. So That's beautiful. Yeah, it's nice that she sees him always looking out for her. Mm-hmm. And by her early teens, an English magical society called Hogwarts, no, <laughs> <laughs> known as the Orphic Circle, caught wind of Emma and her abilities. And the group was known for the occult and working with clairvoyant people. And Emma apparently served as a clairvoyant for them for several years. Oh, and sorry, how old was she at this point? Uh, In her early teens. Wow. So she was very young and they were already spreading rumors about her. 
this does sound a little like Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like a, a mysterious owl appeared on her windowsill. Yeah. <laughs> Still in her teenage years, Emma eventually started a new life with her mother in Paris studying music. And so mm. remember her, her father's message to her had said, go back to school. Mm, yeah. So now she's studying music and she's building a career as a pianist and composer. The owner of a piano company allowed her to practice in his showroom to bring in customers. That's fun. Yeah, I feel like that's a little, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yeah, you might as well have people here. I mean, when I practiced piano, it was like every third note was wrong. So I <laughs> don't think he would have enjoyed my practice sessions, but I'm sure she was seemed very talented. So she probably was a better live musician. Yeah, maybe she was on top of her game a little more. <laughs> when she was playing piano in this showroom for customers, Emma said that she knew what song to play before someone would even request it. So she's got this cool little bar trick ah. now where she's just playing songs as they're being played in someone's head. She like already... That is cool. That's a cool party trick for sure. And if the only voices you're hearing are other people's favorite songs, that's fine by me. Yeah, I mean, it seems uh, so far, I mean, I know you mentioned earlier impending doom, so we haven't gotten to that yet, but the positive stuff I I'm into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, this freaked her mother out because I guess she was <laughs> bragging about her party trick. And she became convinced that this was all for evil forces. So, oh, no. So her mom said, this is not going to work. So she took Emma back to London, where Emma started working as an actor instead. Oh. I feel bad for Emma because if she was there studying music and trying to fulfill something her father had told her to do, and now she's being pulled out yeah, and being kind of told to not get into music or... And being told it's a bad thing. It's evil. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So she becomes an actor instead. And there are still questions about how Emma Floyd, as she was known at the time, becomes Emma Harding. Okay. Okay. She wrote about being married at 15 and then becoming a widow at 18, oh. which, yikes, oh no. that's a dark time, definitely. Yeah, for sure. But there's no official proof or receipts of a marriage or whether it's like behind the name change or anything like that. So we don't really know if that's how she got the last name mm -hmm. from Floyd to Harding. There is also speculation that Emma was linked to an Englishman named Dr. Harding. And he, I guess, placed ads for spirit manifestations and seances by a medium and his family at his home in 1853. So he had put this ad in the paper and maybe she had worked for him and changed her name to Harding that way. In some archives, her name is spelled Harding without an E at the end. So people think the lettering change, maybe mm. someone was misspelling a, a stage name or something like that as she was mm. getting bigger. So we really don't know where the name comes from. That's so, I hate not knowing things, like especially <laughs> kind of like trivial things. Like not, tri not that this is trivial, but you know, something that doesn't in the long run really make a big difference. But I'm just like, why, why, why did she change it? I want to know. The wild thing is I have absolute full absolute confidence that five minutes after we stop this episode christine's gonna get on google and figure it out like there's <laughs> oh my god we're gonna have to do like a we're gonna do pickups uh <laughs> i'm now orchestrating the pickups on this episode we got to come back and rediscuss this topic once i've gotten to the bottom of it it's my favorite thing i'll always brag about you with that but like <laughs> When they say like, oh, your ex-girlfriend could find out the blood type of your the girl who held your hand five years ago. Yes. That is Christine Schieffer. Uh, oh, through and through. 
Um, you just always know how to make me feel proud and big, you know, <laughs> and not at all chaotic and unhealthy. No, no uh, exactly. No, never. But anyway, I expect a full report in 24 hours on how she got the last name Harding. Thank you so much. Fantastic. So in 1855, at this point, she's 31 or 32, right around our age. And mm-hmm. Emma and her mother went to New York because Emma was invited to perform on Broadway, which like, <laughs> okay, flex. Like, okay, casual. Feel like something had to have happened between then and now for you to be able to just hop onto Broadway. I'm very proud I mean, of her. Maybe I would have followed her on that boat. On that Queen Mary, you know, they're making the big trek. She would have been performing on the ship on her way there to do another performance. Yeah. How fun. It was at this point that Emma said she really became involved in the modern spiritualism movement, but not before having some major doubts about it all. Coming up, an unexpected turn of events. Emma plans a takedown of a newfangled idea called spiritualism that's sweeping across America. Okay, talk about a plot twist. I did not see this coming. Five seconds ago, I threw down this plot twist that she's on Broadway. But now I bring this up and it's... What? <laughs> your little brain must feel like a pinball. Just like... Whiplash. Whiplash. Every unsolved crime leaves us with a nagging sense that just one witness, one piece of evidence, one additional lead could change everything. Hi, I'm Carter Roy, host of the Spotify original from ParCast, Cold Cases. Every Monday, revisit some of the most puzzling crimes in history. A vast array of offenses that ran cold for decades. From burglary and arson to kidnappings and murder, each episode of Cold Cases pieces together the details of an elusive case. Some eventually had breakthroughs that closed the file, others remain open to this day. Solved or unsolved, you won't know which until the very end. Follow Cold Cases free and only on Spotify. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Around the mid-1800s, the spiritualist movement was really taking off in America when Emma arrived to perform on Broadway. But despite her own spiritualist childhood experiences, Emma wasn't a believer at first. Which is wild to me because I was like, you straight up heard your dad talking to you. You were able to read people's minds and play music for them. Like, But I wonder if it was almost seeing, like the way we don't believe some of the stuff, like because it was like stuff coming out of people's noses, like the fake ectoplasm. And like a lot of it was just so ridiculously showy i wonder if like if you had a genuine gift internally that you might look at that and be like that isn't real you know what i mean right right or maybe some sort of imposter syndrome or i don't know where she was on that but apparently she really wasn't a big believer Mm. and she actually planned to write an article for an english paper discrediting spiritualism interesting wow 
She visited a medium named J.B. Conklin, who a President Abraham Lincoln was a friend of and worked with. I see. But it did not go well. Shortly after she arrived, she freaked out and ran out of the place before she could even get a reading. Oh, no. Some biographies claim that she heard a message herself, which horrified her because (gasps) she had to reconcile with the fact that she had these gifts. Right. Others suggest that she just found the whole thing blasphemous. Mm. Remember, she was with a mom who was telling her that all these things were evil. Right. But it affected her either way. And in her biography, she reflected on the experience saying how it's easier to run away instead of asking questions when something challenges your faith. (laughs) She's right about that. You know, Yeah. Makes sense when you're like, I dip out, bow out, don't want this. Overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And a theater friend took her to visit another medium when she apparently got a message from her brother who had been dead for 10 years. (gasps) Oh, my and when she told her mother what happened, her mother finally came around to the idea of spiritualism and mediumship. Oh, wow. So that convinced the mom because she was hearing from her son who'd passed. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. And then Emma saw another, a third medium who helped her develop her own talents as a channeler. So she's finally embracing it at this point. I like that it's getting better. The first one, she ran straight out of there. <laughs> the second one, she's like, oh, this is getting weird. And the third one, she's like, I'll be your mentee. You be my mentor. She's warming into it, definitely, yeah. Yeah. And still in her early 30s, Emma was able to give powerful readings. Keep in mind, this all started when she was like 31 and now still in her like early 30s. So within the last handful of years, she goes from being terrified of this thing to giving powerful readings and starting to hold free seances as her contract with Broadway came to an end. I find that very powerful because it's it's sort of... She didn't go into it thinking, I'm going to fool all these people. It was Mm -hmm. sort of like, I don't know if I believe any of this. And then coming to her own conclusion. Yeah. I I don't know. I I find that more convincing that she started off not wanting to believe it. (laughs) I agree with you. I think it says something about her character where she was like, I'm out. I don't want this. It like lends credence to her actually being able to do these things in my mind. Yeah. And also it shows if this is accurate and she really does have these gifts, just to, you know, play devil's advocate there. But if she was able to actually have all these gifts, the fact that she went from being completely closed off to letting herself be open to it at all. And all of a sudden she's super powerful. Like Mm -hmm. it just shows like it was like knocking at the door, ready to go. It was wrapping, wrapping at the door. It was wrapping with its little ankles or something. (laughs) So Emma soon found herself working for yet another uh, society that I'm sure I would have applied to in some way. (laughs) Emma soon found herself working with the Society for the Diffusion of Spiritual Knowledge, which was the first official spiritualist society on the record in the U.S. Whoa. Fun fact there. And she became the editor of its magazine. The magazine was called The Christian Spiritualist, And she was a pretty successful spiritualist writer and had speaking engagements across the U.S. where she would go into a trance and share insights from her spirit guides. Oh, okay. And it sounds like other mediums we've covered, including the Fox Sisters, where she went on tour. Right. Okay. Like doing live audience type Mm -hmm. events. Okay. Mm -hmm. One seance in 1856 made her really famous because she reportedly got a message that a ship called the Pacific had sunk with everyone on board. Oh no. And she claimed the message came from a drowned crew member. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. And the owners of the ship itself were not on board and they threatened to sue her. They were like, (gasps) that is not true. And then it was revealed that she was right. And the ship was never heard of again. 
Oh, my God. Yep. Whoa. That's pretty shocking. So after that, she uh, really had people on their toes, I guess. Yeah. Word of Emma's talent spread, and she was soon in high demand back in England, and she would spend the rest of her life going between England and America for her work. Wow. She ended up finding a very important career. Or at That's least a- impressive. Yeah. And the years that followed really cemented Emma's legacy as the single most influential historian and advocate of spiritualism in the entire 19th century. Wow. Had you heard of her before? Literally, no. And I don't know what's wrong with me. But, like, I hadn't either. I mean, not that... I I've written her name down because I, I have to learn more about this person. Yeah, seriously. This is really fascinating. So in 1870, Emma Harding published the book Modern American Spiritualism, and it covered the early history of the spiritualist movement, which is interesting because it was only in 1870. So she really covered like like a couple decades. Mm-hmm. In like today's world, I feel like or like modern American spiritualism would have to cover so much more time. So I feel like right. it's actually probably a very detailed book on such a condensed time frame. Yeah, the very early days, yeah. And during a lecture in 1871, she laid out a set of principles that she claimed were given to her from the spirits. Oh, cool. And they eventually evolved into the seven principles of spiritualism, which the spiritualist oh. church adopted and still references to this day. Okay, are you going to tell me them? I sure am. And I'm not going to let you guess because we could really get it off on a tangent somewhere. I would not even try. Okay, so the seven principles of spiritualism are the fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man, the communion of spirits and the ministry of angels, the continuous existence of the human soul. I think that's Mm -hmm. my favorite one. I like that. The next one, number five, is just like a umbrella term, I think, for... Personal responsibility. <laughs> just, uh-huh, uh-huh. just know where you uh, where you stand here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The next one is compensation and retribution hereafter for all the good and evil deeds done on earth. Oh, my. That sounds like something I would want to look into. And then the last one is eternal progress open to every human soul. <gasps> I got to say that really sounds like a lot of the stuff, you know, that you hear about in the Akashic Records and your soul growing and developing life after life but kind of matches up i don't love the use of brotherhood and man but you know yeah yeah yeah. i i quickly went through those i was like that's it's time we just get i do think i mean if those seven principles were college courses i would definitely sign up for all seven and just try to put together how they all fit yeah very interesting i would especially like to take the class on compensation and retribution hereafter for all the good Uh, and evil deeds catholic school i've been there done that oh okay good C average in all of those. So if you want my old notes, I probably have them somewhere. Yes, I would love your C average notes on all that information. (laughs) Yeah, good point. It's not, I'm not really offering much. Sorry. Well, I guess the church isn't questioning too much of it, the spiritualist church, because they haven't really messed with it since 1871. They still use the same list. That's amazing. And Emma also contributed to the growing calls to unite the various spiritualist groups across the country into a national organization. Oh. And she wrote about this. Two flexes in one sentence. She wrote about this in Two Worlds magazine, which she also founded in 1887. (laughs) Look at her go, man. She is powerful. On top of it. And by the way, let's rewind for a moment to 1870, when she acquired a partner, both personally and professionally. Ooh la la. And she married William Britton, who was also a staunch spiritualist when she was 47 years old and they married in New Jersey. 
Okay, so we know where that name came from. I'm glad we finally have some evidence of where these random names are coming from. Finally, Britain, it makes sense, yes. But Harding, okay. that's up to you as, of, as soon as we hang up. Mm-hmm. In 1878, Emma and William went on a mission to... Australia and New Zealand, where they set up churches and founded spiritualist groups. And this was 40 years before Arthur Conan Doyle came through on a similar mission. So Emma's work is going strong and it's ahead of its time. And I'm just impressed because I feel like we hear about all these other people like Arthur Conan Doyle, and they just get more recognition, even though she was doing it 40 years before. It's really amazing that we hadn't heard of her before. Now, if you think Emma Harding Britton was an impressive woman up till this point, you ain't seen nothing yet. Mm. Up next, how Emma's impact stretched far beyond the occult. How much farther can it stretch? (laughs) The limit does not exist. (laughs) I guess not. This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Emma was a good speaker, writer, and thinker, and she was well-traveled, but her interests went beyond the occult. She could lecture on politics as easily as she could on Rosicrucianism, which is saying a lot if you recall our episode on Rosicrucianism. Oh, yeah. She was a founding member of the Theosophical Society. She was interested in different medical theories as much as she was interested in, like, spirit photography. Whoa. She worked on political campaigns, championing causes, including anti-slavery and women's rights. She worked to set up a home for outcast women to learn new skills. Wow. And after lecturing her way through the U.S. to California, she was hired by the Union Party to give campaign speeches supporting Lincoln's reelection. Whoa. And she delivered a eulogy for President Lincoln in New York only a few days after his assassination. (gasps) I could not have guessed all that. I mean, that is amazing. Imagine if she were to create like a hinge profile today of like, oh, (laughs) this is like what I'm about. What are you about? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And then we'd all just kind of close the app. It's like, I don't I don't even know where to go with this. This is like out of my definition of out of my league. Truly, I'd be like. Can't even think about taking you out because what would I have to offer? Powerhouse. And you know who she would get along with is uh, Sarah Winchester, probably. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sarah Winchester of the Winchester Mystery House was just as powerful and just as on the right side of history, it seems. so Like ahead of their time, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So maybe they would have been historians could have called them best friends. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they could have just been best friends, but whatever. 
So Emma and her husband, William, moved to Manchester, England in the 1880s and semi-retired, if you can call it that, Mm. because around 1884, she published another detailed account of spiritualism in America, (laughs) a book called 19th Century Miracles. Oh, that sounds cool. And then Emma continued to give lectures and write until she died at 76 in 1899. Oh, wow. Oh, she didn't even make it to the turn of the century. She was so close, but she's probably already seen it, if you know what I'm saying. like she, <laughs> She's like, eh, it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, time to wrap it up. We got to go. <laughs> but yeah, that's Emma Harding Britton. I mean, it's a, <sighs> definitely an interesting, I guess you could call it a rags to riches story of definitely a darker tone in the beginning with her dad dying. Yeah, and she yeah. felt kind of stuck. I imagine she felt like she either didn't have a purpose or if she had one, now she had to take care of her family and being scared of her abilities. And then she just yeah. goes straight to like girl boss, girl boss, girl boss. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the fact that it sounds like a movie that she rejected her gifts. And it's like any of those classic superhero movies where they they're yeah. suddenly really powerful and they're like, no, and they try to avoid it. And it sounds like she was kind of scared of her own power and then mm-hmm. leaned into it after that. Yeah. And I very much appreciate that of that time, especially she was self-made. She didn't need a man. And she got herself a man after she was already a powerhouse. (laughs) Yeah. Which I love that for her, a professional and personal partner. How fun is that? Yeah. (laughs) I also like that also says a lot about the man, too, of like you're not scared of that kind of star power. Oh, yeah. You couldn't be, you know, keep up. That's how you know you found a good one. Mm hmm. Do you find it curious? Because here's where, like, if you wanted to be skeptical of her abilities, Mm -hmm. you could certainly insert the idea of, like, she acted as a child and as a young adult, Mm. and she knew how to perform. She had some sort of stage presence, and she had just probably seen or heard of the Fox sisters doing this kind of thing. So, I mean, do you think that she could have seen what potential she had and just kind of went on tour and started making this all into more of an Mm. act. Yeah, I mean, I can see why that would have maybe helped her become as well-known as she was. But I, I still feel like the fact that she originally was dead set on debunking all of this and then ended Mm -hmm. up believing it. And even the fact that she was almost an academic, like writing the history of the movement, like doesn't really strike me as like a con artist move. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I can see why that would kind of play in. But maybe her acting past was just a way for her to utilize her talents to a broader audience. Like maybe she knew how to put on a show with her real talents. Well, also, I was going to say she had actual talents, but then her stage presence could have helped her like on the lecture circuit or with with her campaigns. And when she was trying to be an activist and all that, or when she was an activist and, you know, it was definitely um, maybe at least in terms of presentation or public speaking or something. I'm sure it helped. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure there's people out there who could say like, she felt like she needed to take care of her family and provide. So maybe she just did what she could with what she had. But I'm with you. I feel like there's a level of integrity that she showed early Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. that makes me feel like if there are legitimate mediums out there, I would put her on the list. Yeah, I love that. I, I totally agree. Anyway, that's Emma Harding Britton. So I'm very excited to look more into her because I feel like, talk about a life. There's no way we could give her the full depth she probably deserves Mm -hmm. in a short amount of time. So I'm excited to go learn the ins and outs of how she came to be. Do our own kind of deep dive. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look into her as well. She sounds fascinating. Yeah, definitely.
Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Information on today's episode came from East End Women's Museum, Autobiography of Emma Harding Britton, Spirited Pioneer, The Life of Emma Harding Britton by Lisa A. Howe, Spiritualists National Union, and The Unseen Worlds of Emma Harding Britton, Some Chapters in the History of Western Occultism. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can find me at VM Schultz. And you can find me at Xteen Schiefer. Thanks again for listening and see you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Research by Sapphire Williams. Fact-checking by Katherine Barner. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Christine Schiefer and M. Schultz. Hi, I'm Carter Roy, host of the Spotify original from Parcast, Cold Cases. Every Monday, explore the many types of crime, the many ways they remain unsolved, and how long it takes to find the answers, if ever. Solved or unsolved, you won't know which until the very end. Follow Cold Cases free and only on Spotify.